Okay, and now we'd like to um, introduce Andy, our speaker for Journey to Freedom ACA, uh, the January 4th, 2021. Go ahead, Andy. I'm um, Andy, I'm an adult child. Hi, Andy. Glad to be here. Uh, welcome to you newcomers. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to have you guys here, especially during these times. I, I, I just feel like there's something different about the live meetings, there's different energy, it's just like the the concept of whenever two or three are gathered in my name, you know, there's that connection we have by being here and sharing our experience, which I feel like is, is just, it's just different. You know, for those of us, for me anyway, isolation was my favorite defense mechanism and it's really, really difficult to stay connected for most of us in these times. And I feel like for me anyway, doing the meetings online reinforces my my number one problem of not being able to connect with other people. So I personally really, really appreciate the live meetings because it allows me to, to get out of that comfort zone of isolation, which is historically fear-based and not really a great place for me. Um, so just being here, I, I, I was taught from the beginning of my recovery in a different program 15 years ago now that just by showing up to a meeting and saying my, da- my name, identifying myself and my, the reason that I'm here is, is, is doing the first two steps. You know, just that alone, that even if you have nothing to say, even if you're scared to death to be here by just saying your name and saying, I'm saying why you're here, you're, you're taking a step in your recovery. And that's kind of what this is. It's not about, um, it's not about miraculous overnight changes. It's about just doing a little bit of work every single day to to heal the damage you know that's kind of what, really what it boils down to um, you know everybody comes into recovery thinking you know 90 days and I'll be fixed like, like, like they say in the I, I'm always laughing in the opening script it says you know come to six consecutive meetings and you'll start to come out of denial I didn't even know what you guys were talking about after six meetings it took me like six months I was still like what's the solution again <laughs> what are you guys trying to do here <laughs> it was uh, it took a little bit longer than that um, and, and I think that's kind of the point is that we come our our family situations and my family situation conditioned me in such a way that I couldn't see anything beyond that. I thought it was the only way to live. I thought everybody did it the way my family did it. Um, you know, when I first came to recovery, I had tons and tons of shame. Um, I remember I came in, I got a sponsor, and he took me to this meeting where he was speaking in, in this program. Um, the one I call the mothership. Um, we, he was speaking in front of like 200 people that night. I remember thinking like, just sitting there, having come with him, I was so full of fear that like, the idea of ever doing that just terrified me. Um, I, at that point I would have rather died and, and, uh, than have to speak in front of two, 200 people. And this was, it was, it was an interesting introduction to the idea of 12-step recovery because he's speaking in front of this many people and it was actually Christmas Eve. And to see this many people that were that focused on their recovery, they were coming out at that time. I learned early on from, from people like what it takes to, to make the changes we need to make. That um, I, I learned what it means to be powerless over something. I learned what it means to 
not just be able to say, okay, I see where I don't want to be this way anymore, I'm going to make a change. Like, if, you, if we could do that, there would be no need for this program. What the, what the program teaches us is that I don't have the ability to make those changes. I don't have the ability to make different decisions. I don't have the ability to pick different people. That, that's the whole reason for the program. Um, you have to accept in step one, um, and, and it's a two-part step, um, I don't have any power over it, and I, I forgot what I was going to say for a second there. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, but you have to, the only way that you can make any real progress in this program, I mean, in this or any other 12-step program, is first accepting that there's no way I can fix it, and that took me a long time to get. Like, I came into my other program, and I did what I was supposed to do, and I got, I got as much out of it as I could, um, but there was always this thing with the faith part where as long as everything was going great, I had plenty of faith. But as, but as soon as things started to go wrong, the faith went out the window. And I didn't understand for a long time what that was. I didn't understand until I got here what that was about, is that I just transferred the qualities of my parents onto my God. And so my parents were, weren't really there for me, so, so I didn't really understand that this... And this God you people were talking about was going to be it was going to be there for me. So I had this conditional faith. So I didn't really make I made some progress, but I always had these roadblocks where I would throw it out every time every time every time I got to a certain point. Um, it wasn't until I got here where I, where I began to understand what that's really all about. Um, I, I began to understand that deep sense of being flawed. Um, I had, I had loads and loads of shame. I just assumed my default position was everybody else knew how to do it and I was trying to play catch up, you know? Um, so I, I got here and I, and I figured, when I got to this program uh, four or five years ago, I, first, I was like, okay, I've already done the steps, so we'll throw that part out. The rest of it is just basically psychology. We'll, we'll leave the God part alone. We'll just do the psychology part. And I tried that as my life was crumbling around me for about nine months or so. Um, and it didn't work very well. I figured, I, I figured there, was, there was enough. I mean, it's a really big book. There's lots of stuff in there. There's a lot of psychology. I figured I could fix it myself. I didn't need anything else. I, I'd done all the other stuff before. Um, it didn't work very well for me. And I eventually got to a point where, um, you know, what we call a bottom, which is where nothing was really manageable in my life. And I decided that, because um, I'd been going to meetings for that, for that period of time, but I wasn't really, I certainly wasn't doing the program as is written in the book. Um, I was picking and choosing what I, what I was interested in. Um, and trying to fix it myself. That was my whole thing my whole life, is I'm smart now, I should be able to fix it myself. And that's just not the way this works. Um, the steps are in order for a reason. And I like to, when I'm talking to a newcomer, I usually describe it as steps one, two, and three are I can't, and God can, and I'm gonna let him. And that's not as easy as it sounds. Um, to me, that's a continual process because my ego always wants to tell me, no, 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 it's okay, you've got this. You don't need any of this. You don't need to, you don't need to pray today. You don't need to meditate today. You don't need to, do, you don't need to go to a meeting. You just need to you know, be you. Um, so I tried that as long as I could. Um, 
And I just, it just didn't work. I could not, I, there was always a barrier between me and everybody else from that, you're different, the, the, the shame and fear foundation because my family growing up, I don't know that I ever heard the word love in any context in my 18 years. It just wasn't there. There wasn't, I went to, to therapist before I got here and they talked about, oh, you, I, I, you had a loveless childhood. And I vaguely understood what they were talking about, but I didn't, but when you don't have something, you don't know what it's like to have it. You know, you can, if it's, if it's always been missing, you don't know it's missing. You know, so that's, this program had to first teach me a little bit about how things could be before I could want what you guys were offering. And I think part of that, that nine months was just an education process um, of learning there is a different way. You don't have to do it the way you've always done it. Um, you can't do it yourself, but there is a way we'll show you. Um, and what I told Mary this was going to be about, I told her, she asked me for a topic, I said, removing the blocks to love's presence. And this is the way I look at this, this program. It's like, if you've, got a, if, you've got, if you've got a garden hose, I mean, you're watering your garden, I mean, you get a kink in the hose, and the water stops coming out. The water isn't gone, it's just being blocked. And that's kind of the way I see the spiritual life and the point of this program. And it's not that love wasn't available to us. It's, I mean, so we're blocking it. We don't know how to accept it. We've got all this stuff that happened. In my case, I simply did not believe I was lovable when I walked in the door at ACA. Now I would do all these, I would do things you know, throughout my day that a person from the outside would not see that. But on the inside, I just did not believe I was equal to anybody. I always felt like I was trying to play catch up. Um, so I was always trying to fill that with, if I get this car, or if I get her, or if I get that much money, or if I lived in that house, or if I did this, or if I did that, then I'd be okay. I did that my whole life. You know, if I just had that, everything would be fine. If I was just in this situation, I'd be okay. And I did that as long as I could and it didn't work. Nothing ever made me okay. You know, and nothing ever made me okay. It was always, yeah, but. There was always, you know, I was never, I was never content. I was never, I mean, this, it was, I'm talking about words like peace in here. I, I, I did not know what those words meant. I heard you guys talking about them, but I didn't understand it because I never had the experience before. It wasn't part of my family. Um, and then you get into, we talk about the family roles in this program. I mean, that's, it took me, I don't know, probably a year, year and a half to understand like that, because there were ones that were obvious. I read the book and it's like, it was obvious I was a scapegoat. I love to isolate. I was the one, I mean, in the, way you, the way you stayed safe in my family was to remove yourself from the chaos. So, so the scapegoat part was obvious. I was probably here a year before I realized that my father was a hero child and I was playing the, or not the, or, I'm sorry, I, I realized I was I'm, I'm the lost child. But the scapegoat took a while, but, but I realized eventually that my father was a hero child and I was unconsciously playing the role of scapegoat without even knowing I was doing it. Um, I mean, I never would have understood that without coming here. That I was, that as long as I had a relationship with my father, somebody had to be the fall guy for him to be the, the brilliant success. And that was one of the roles I played. Um, 
And the book tells me that I have no power to change that, that my, my inner child is constantly trying to fix the family situation by finding new people that resemble the people in my family. Um, and again, I knew none of that when I got here. Um, so what I began to realize was the problem wasn't out there. It wasn't with any of you. It was the problem was I felt less than. That if I was going to have a fix to the way I felt around all of you, I needed to change the way I felt. And that to me is... I need to heal the things that are blocking me from feeling the way God intended me to feel. And that's why I talk about, it's not about, people, people come into recovery and they, and they talk about, I, I need to find God or I need, to, I need to, to get love or I need to get this or I need to get that. It's not that for me. My experience is it's removing the things that are in the way of me experiencing what I'm, what I'm supposed to feel. It's like a car that's out of alignment. You know, the car is supposed to drive straight down the road. But if, it's, but if it's not aligned properly, you know, it's going to go in the ditch. Well, I always ended up in the ditch. Why? Because really deep down, that's where I felt like I belonged. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like, I just didn't feel worthy because I had never established that, that foundation of self-love. And that's what it talks about. The, the solution, if you read the chapter after the, the steps, the next chapter is the solution is to become your own loving parents. And... The way that works for me is you do the steps to begin to clear out the blocks so that you can then learn how to become your own loving parent. Because I never loved myself, so how could I possibly teach myself how to be loving? I needed to find some examples. And what I found was, um, like in the beginning when I first worked the steps, I was told, uh, I was encouraged strongly to do certain affirmations, and we came up, when I worked the steps, we came up with a list of affirmations for me, and it seemed completely stupid in the beginning. Um, I did not in any way understand what it was about, but I did it because I was, because I was committed to doing whatever I had to do in this program. I made, I made it to that point where I knew it wasn't working for me, and I surrendered, and I said, you know, I want to be free of this, I'll do whatever I have to do. And so when I worked the steps, and it took me a while to get to that point, you know, you don't walk into this deal and immediately say, I want to change everything about my life. It doesn't work that way. This is powerful stuff that we're dealing with. And it takes time to unravel it all and see where, see where my place is. I don't know anybody. Uh, and again, in other programs, it's fairly common to come in. And if you're ready, you, you jump right into the steps. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody in this program start the steps in under six months. It's just, it takes time to unravel this, to unpack it. This, there's, there's so much emotion behind this stuff. Um, it takes time. And one of the things for me is like, and like I had a, really hard con- I had a really hard time with the concept in the Red Book that says that trauma is uh, stored in our body, in our tissue. Well, when I got here, that just sounded nuts to me. Um, but... As I, as I went through, through the program and as I experienced myself more and more as I began to open up, because um, what happens is I'm gonna hear this stuff and then I'm going through my day and I see myself doing the things they told me I was doing in the book or, or with the sponsor or whatever and, and gradually I begin to see through my, my, my conditioning. Um, for me it was a long process of um, gradually beginning to see things differently. 
Um, the problem with like for, with my background is I always I, mean, I just didn't know there could be anything different. I mean, my family there was only one way, and you were ridiculed if you did anything different. So there was never any, well, let's try things out and see what you like. And my, that, that never, ever happened in my family. That's, uh, there was never any, uh, try three different hobbies and see which ones you like. I, it, it was like, I was handed stuff and told this is what you're going to do now. Um, so, like, I, I never learned the stuff that we that were taught in here that I guess some people out there do know that um, you, can, you can try things out and see what you like and do the things you like and not do the other things. Um, that you can see what makes you happy. Um, mine was always based on passive aggression and fear and shame um, in my family. So the beginning of the real healing for me was when I took the sponsor's suggestions and started doing the affirmations um, because I began to see um, where the blocks were. I began to see that some of them were easier to say than others. And eventually, it took a while, but eventually I began to see that the ones I needed the most were the ones that I thought were stupid. Because those were the ones that I had the most resistance to. And just, I mean, and it's one of those things where I just didn't believe it was gonna work, but I just needed something to work. So I just kept practicing this stuff. And um, I learned that, you know, I can, I'm a, I'm a gradually, began to see the effects. And I began to see um, that fear and shame unwinding. And I began to see um, the effects of, uh, uh, and my God began to change. You know, I didn't have the, the, the conditional judgmental God that I grew up with, um, that I thought I had when I walked into recovery. I began to have this I began to have a God that only was interested in helping me get free and helping me get what was best for me. And I began to see everything was an opportunity for me to learn. Everything was an opportunity for me to, for me to heal if I saw it that way. It took, a, it, took a, it, took, it took a lot of time for that to unfold. And for, I mean, for me, um, some people go through the steps and immediately their lives get better. Everything fell apart in my life again the second time after I worked the steps. It just it was it was what I needed to heal because then I got into the inner child work, and it, but but what I found is everything that I needed was waiting for me when I was ready to take the step. And the, my higher power was always ready to teach me how to heal. I just had to be ready to do the work. That was the hard part. Because there's so many ways that I had to distract myself. I would come close to a breakthrough and then I would distract myself again. So for me, um, I needed to get broken down pretty severely in order to, to be willing to, to, to see things differently. Not everybody has to do it the way I did. Um, I've seen people do it the opposite way where, where they, uh, but anyway. Um, I began to see more and more that, um, like, and like fear was a big one for me. I, and I had these affirmations to, when I was afraid, I didn't have to do the, the things I used to do. I could pray my way through it. Because the affirmations are prayers. And a lot of people will say, I don't believe in affirmations. What I learned was, 
I'm doing affirmations all day long, whether I know it or not. That my brain has this recording going on where it's saying things to me it's re- that, have been, that have been in my head for forever, whether I know it or not. What the program did for me is it allowed me to start hearing the voice in my head. And then I began to see, it's not a matter of whether or not uh, I, I, I'm saying messages to myself. It's about changing the messages I'm saying to myself. And so, um, but again, in the beginning, that all sounded crazy. It was just a matter of, for me, jumping in and, and beginning to, to take this stuff as I was instructed piece by piece and beginning to see gradually while well, it actually works and getting to a point where, um, you know, things started to get easier and I started to get, get more in the peace. And, um, you know, it's been three, three and a half, I've been here three and a half years and I went from thinking the idea that trauma was stored in my body was crazy to becoming a, becoming a, I'm certified a Reiki master, an energy practitioner now. So I mean, but it, it, those kind of changes happened just because, just by jumping in and doing the best I could with it. Um, and I began to see with each of these things um, that I came in here thinking I knew everything. I couldn't get any of it until I set aside what I thought I knew and began, and began to, to learn things anew. So I think I got most of what I wanted to say. Thanks. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Okay, and now we'd like to um, introduce Andy, our speaker for Journey to Freedom ACA, uh, the January 4th, 2021. Go ahead, Andy. Um, Andy, I'm an adult child. Hi, Andy. Glad to be here. Uh, welcome to the two newcomers. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to have you guys here, especially during these times. I, I, I just feel like there's something different about the live meetings. There's different energy. It's just like the the concept of whenever two or three are gathered in my name. You know, there's that connection we have by being here and sharing our experience, which I feel like is is just it's just different. You know, for those of us, for me anyway, isolation was my favorite defense mechanism. And it's really, really difficult to stay connected for most of us in these times. And I feel like, for me anyway, doing the meetings online reinforces my, my number one problem of not being able to connect with other people. So I personally really, really appreciate the live meetings because it allows me to to get out of that comfort zone of isolation, which is historically fear-based and not really a great place for me. Um, so just being here, I, I, I was taught from the beginning of my recovery in a different program 15 years ago now that just by showing up to a meeting and saying my, da- my name, identifying myself and my, the reason that I'm here is, is, is doing the first two steps. You know, just that alone, even if you have nothing to say, even if you're scared to death to be here by just saying your name and saying, I'm saying why you're here, you're, you're taking a step in your recovery. And that's kind of what this is. It's not about, um, it's not about miraculous overnight changes. It's about just doing a little bit of work every single day to, to heal the damage. You know, that's kind of really what it boils down to. Um, you know, everybody comes into recovery thinking 
you know, 90 days and I'll be fixed. Like, like, like they say in the, I'm always laughing in the opening script, it says, you know, come to six consecutive meetings and you'll start to come out of denial. I didn't even know what you guys were talking about after six meetings. It took me like six months. I was still like, what's the solution again? <laughs> what are you guys trying to do here? <laughs> it was, uh, it took a little bit longer than that. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the point is that we come, our our family situations and my family situation conditioned me in such a way that I couldn't see anything beyond that. I thought it was the only way to live. I thought everybody did it the way my family did it. Um, you know, when I first came to recovery, I had tons and tons of shame. Um, I remember I came in, I got a sponsor, and he took me to this meeting where he was speaking in, in this program. Um, the one I call the mothership. Um, we, he was speaking in front of like 200 people that night. I remember thinking like, just sitting there, having come with him, I was so full of fear that like, the idea of ever doing that just terrified me. Um, I, at that point I would have rather died and, uh, than have to speak in front of two, 200 people. And this was, it was, it was an interesting introduction to the idea of 12-step recovery because he's speaking in front of this many people and it was actually Christmas Eve. And to see this many people that were that focused on their recovery, they were coming out at that time. I learned early on from, from people like what it takes to, to make the changes we need to make. That um, I, I learned what it means to be powerless over something. I learned what it means to not just be able to say, okay, I see where I don't want to be this way anymore, I'm going to make a change. Like, if, you, if we could do that, there would be no need for this program. The, what the program teaches us is that I don't have the ability to make those changes. I don't have the ability to make different decisions. I don't have the ability to pick different people. That, that's the whole reason for the program. Um, you have to accept in step one, um, and it's a two-part step, um, I don't have any power over it, and I, I forgot what I was going to say for a second there. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, but, but you have, to, the only way that you can make any real progress in this program, I mean, in this or any other 12-step program, is first accepting that there's no way I can fix it, and that took me a long time to get. Like, I came into my other program, and I did what I was supposed to do, and I got, I got as much out of it as I could, um, but there was always this thing with the faith part where as long as everything was going great, I had plenty of faith. But as, but as soon as things started to go wrong, the faith went out the window. And I didn't understand for a long time what that was. I didn't understand until I got here what that was about, is that I just transferred the qualities of my parents onto my God. And so my parents were, weren't really there for me, so, so I didn't really understand that this... And this God you people were talking about was going to be it was going to be there for me. So I had this conditional faith. So I didn't really make I made some progress, but I always had these roadblocks where I would throw it out every time every time every time I got to a certain point. Um, it wasn't until I got here where I, where I began to understand what that's really all about. Um, I, I began to understand that deep sense of being flawed. Um, I had, I had loads and loads of shame. I just assumed my default position was everybody else knew how to do it and I was trying to play catch up, you know? Um, so 
I got here and I, and I figured, when I got to this program uh, four or five years ago, I, first, I was like, okay, I've already done the steps, so we'll throw that part out. The rest of it is just basically psychology. Well, we'll leave the God part alone, we'll just do the psychology part. And I tried that as my life was crumbling around me for about nine months or so. Um, and it didn't work very well. I figured, I, I figured there, was, there was enough, I mean, it's a really big book, there's lots of stuff in there, there's a lot of psychology. I figured I could fix it myself, I didn't need anything else. I, I had done all the other stuff before, um, it didn't work very well for me. And I eventually got to a point where, um, you know, what we call a bottom, which is where nothing was really manageable in my life. And I decided that, because um, I've been going to meetings for that, for that period of time, but I wasn't really, I certainly wasn't doing the program as is written in the book. Um, I was picking and choosing what I, what I was interested in. Um, and trying to fix it myself. That was my whole thing my whole life, is I'm smart now, I should be able to fix it myself. And that's just not the way this works. Um, the steps are in order for a reason. And I like to, when I'm talking to a newcomer, I usually describe it as steps one, two, and three are I can't, and God can, and I'm gonna let him. And that's not as easy as it sounds. Um, to me, that's a continual process because my ego always wants to tell me, no, 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 it's okay, you've got this. You don't need any of the rest. Of it. You, don't need to, you don't need to pray today. You don't need to meditate today. You don't need to, do, you don't need to go to a meeting. You just need to you know, be you. Um, so I tried that as long as I could. Um, and I just, it just didn't work. I could not, I, there was always a barrier between me and everybody else from that, uh, you're different, the, the, I, the shame and fear foundation because in my family growing up, I don't know that I ever heard the word love in any context in my 18 years. It just wasn't there. There wasn't, I went to to therapist before I got here and they talked about, oh, you, I, I, you had a loveless childhood. And I vaguely understood what they were talking about, but I didn't, but when you don't have something, you don't know what it's like to have it. You know, you can, if it's, if it's always been missing, you don't know it's missing. You know, so that's, this program had to first teach me a little bit about how things could be before I could want what you guys were offering. And I think part of that, that nine months was just an education process um, of learning there is a different way. You don't have to do it the way you've always done it. Um, you can't do it yourself, but there is a way we'll show you. Um, and what I told Mary this was gonna be about, I told her, she asked me for a topic, I said, removing the blocks to love's presence. And this is the way I look at this, this program. It's like, if you've, got a, if, you've got, if you've got a garden hose, I mean, you're watering your garden, I mean, you get a kink in the hose, and the water stops coming out. The water isn't gone, it's just being blocked. And that's kind of the way I see the spiritual life and the point of this program. And it's not that love wasn't available to us. It's, it's, I mean, so we're blocking it. We don't know how to accept it. We've got all this stuff that happened. In my case, I simply did not believe I was lovable when I walked in the door at ACA. And I would do all these, I, I, I would do things you know, throughout my day that a person from the outside would, would not see that. But on the inside, I just did not believe I was equal to anybody. I always felt like I was trying to play catch up. Um, so 
I was always trying to fill that with, if I get this car, or if I get her, or if I get that much money, or if I lived in that house, or if I did this, or if I did that, then I'd be okay. I did that my whole life. You know, if I just had that, everything would be fine. If I was just in this situation, I'd be okay. And I did that as long as I could, and it didn't work. Nothing ever made me okay. You know, nothing ever made me okay. It was always, yeah, but. There was always... You know, I was never, I was never content. I was never, I mean, this, I'm talking about words like peace in here. I, I, I did not know what those words meant. I heard you guys talking about them, but I didn't understand it because I never had the experience before. It wasn't part of my family. Um, and then you get into, we talk about the family roles in this program. I mean, that's, it took me, I don't know, probably a year, year and a half to understand, like, that, because there were ones that were obvious. I read the book, and it's like, it was obvious I was a scapegoat. I loved to isolate. I was the one, I mean, the way, you, the way you stayed safe in my family was to remove yourself from the chaos. So, so the scapegoat part was obvious. I was probably here a year before I realized that my father was a hero child, and I was playing the, or not the, or, I'm sorry, I, I realized I was I'm, I'm the lost child. But the scapegoat took a while, but, but I realized eventually that my father was a hero child, and I was unconsciously playing the role of scapegoat without even knowing I was doing it. Um, I mean, I never would have understood that without coming here. That I was, that as long as I had a relationship with my father, somebody had to be the fall guy for him to be the, the brilliant success. And that was one of the roles I played. Um, and the book tells me that I have no power to change that. That my, my inner child is constantly trying to fix the family situation by finding new people that resemble the people in my family. Um, and again, I knew none of that when I got here. Um, so what I began to realize was the problem wasn't out there. It wasn't with any of you. It was the problem was I felt less than. That if I was going to have a fix to the way I felt around all of you, I needed to change the way I felt. And that to me is... I need to heal the things that are blocking me from feeling the way God intended me to feel. And that's why I talk about, it's not about, people, people come into recovery and they, and they talk about, I, I need to find God or I need, to, I need to, to get love or I need to get this or I need to get that. It's not that for me. My experience is it's removing the things that are in the way of me experiencing what I'm, what I'm supposed to feel. It's like a car that's out of alignment. You know, the car is supposed to drive straight down the road. But if, it's, but if it's not aligned properly, you know, it's going to go in the ditch. Well, I always ended up in the ditch. Why? Because really deep down, that's where I felt like I belonged. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like, I just didn't feel worthy because I had never established that, that foundation of self-love. And that's what it talks about. The, the solution, if you read the chapter after the, the steps, the next chapter is the solution is to become your own loving parents. And... The way that works for me is you do the steps to begin to clear out the blocks so that you can then learn how to become your own loving parent. Because I never loved myself, so how could I possibly teach myself how to be loving? I needed to find some examples. And what I found was, um, like in the beginning when I first worked the steps, I was told, uh, I was encouraged strongly to 
do certain affirmations. And we came up with, when I worked the steps, we came up with a list of affirmations for me. And it seemed completely stupid in the beginning. Um, I did not in any way understand what it was about. But I did it because I was, because I was committed to doing whatever I had to do in this program. I made, I made it to that point where I knew it wasn't working for me and I surrendered and I said, you know, I want to be free of this, I'll do whatever I have to do. And so when I worked the steps, and it took me a while to get to that point. You know, you don't walk into this deal and immediately say, I want to change everything about my life. It doesn't work that way. This is powerful stuff that we're dealing with. And it takes time to unravel it all and see where, see where my place is. I don't know anybody... Uh, and again, in other programs, it's fairly common to come in, and if you're ready, you, you jump right into the steps. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody in this program start the steps in under six months. It's just it takes time to unravel this, to unpack it. This, there's there's so much emotion behind this stuff. Um, it takes time. And one of the things for me is like, and like I had a really hard con- had a really hard time with the concepts in the Red Book that says that trauma is uh, stored in our body, in our tissue. Well, when I got here, that just sounded nuts to me. Um, but as I, as I went through, through the program and as I experienced myself more and more as I began to open up, because um, what happens is I'm gonna hear this stuff and then I'm going through my day and I see myself doing the things they told me I was doing in the book or, or with the sponsor or whatever, and gradually I begin to see through my, my, my conditioning. Um, for me, it was a long process of um, gradually beginning to see things differently. Um, the problem with, like, for, with my background is I always... I mean, we just didn't know there could be anything different. I mean, my family, there was only one way, and you were ridiculed if you did anything different. So there was never any, well, let's try things out and see what you like. And my, that, that never, ever happened in my family. That's, uh, there was never any, uh, try three different hobbies and see which ones you like. I, it, it was like, I was handed stuff and told, this is what you're going to do now. Um, so, like, I, I never learned the stuff that we that were taught in here that I guess some people out there do know that, um, you can you can try things out and see what you like and do the things you like and not do the other things um, that you can see what makes you happy. Um, mine was always based on passive aggression and fear and shame um, in my family. So the beginning of the real healing for me was when I took the sponsor's suggestions and started doing the affirmations. Um, because I began to see um, where the blocks were. I began to see that some of them were easier to say than others. And eventually, it took a while, but eventually I began to see that the ones I needed the most were the ones that I thought were stupid. Because those were the ones that I had the most resistance to. And just, I mean, and it's one of those things where I just didn't believe it was going to work, but I just needed something to work. So I just kept practicing this stuff. And um, I learned that, you know, I can, I'm a, I'm a gradually began to see the effects. And I began to see um, that fear and shame unwinding. And I began to see um, the effects of, uh, uh, my God began to change. 
you know, I didn't have the, the, the conditional judgmental guy that I grew up with, um, that I thought I had when I walked into recovery. I began to have this, I began to have a guy that only was interested in helping me get free and helping me get what was best for me. And I began to see everything was an opportunity for me to learn. Everything was an opportunity for me to, for me to heal if I saw it that way. It took, a, it, took a, it, took, it took a lot of time for that to unfold. And for, I mean, for me, um, some people go through the steps and immediately their lives get better. Everything fell apart in my life again the second time after I worked the steps. It, just, it, was, it was what I needed to heal because then I got into the inner child work. And, but, but what I found is everything that I needed was waiting for me when I was ready to take the step. The, the, my higher power was always ready to teach me how to heal. I just had to be ready to do the work. That was the hard part. Because there's so many ways that I had to distract myself. I would come close to a breakthrough and then I would distract myself again. So for me, um, I needed to get broken down pretty severely in order to, to be willing to, to, to see things differently. Not everybody has to do it the way I did. Um, I've seen people do it the opposite way where, where they, uh, uh, but anyway. Um, I began to see more and more that, um, like, like fear was a big one for me. I, and I had these affirmations to, when I was afraid, I didn't have to do the, the things I used to do. I could pray my way through it. Because the affirmations are prayers. And a lot of people will say, I don't believe in affirmations. What I learned was, I'm doing affirmations all day long, whether I know it or not. That my brain has this recording going on where it's saying things to me it's re- that, have been, that have been in my head for forever, whether I know it or not. What the program did for me is it allowed me to start hearing the voice in my head. And then I began to see, it's not a matter of whether or not uh, I'm saying messages to myself. It's about changing the messages I'm saying to myself. And so, um, but again, in the beginning, that all sounded crazy. It was just a matter of, for me, jumping in and beginning to, to take this stuff as I was instructed piece by piece and beginning to see gradually while well, it actually works and getting to a point where, um, you know, things started to get easier and I started to get, get more in the peace. And, um, you know, it's been three, three and a half, I've been here three and a half years and I went from thinking the idea that trauma was stored in my body was crazy to becoming a, becoming a, I'm certified a Reiki master, an energy practitioner now. So I mean, but it, it, those kind of changes happen just because, just by jumping in and doing the best I could with it. Um, and I began to see with each of these things um, that I came in here thinking I knew everything. I couldn't get any of it until I set aside what I thought I knew and began, and began to, to learn things anew. So I think I got most of what I wanted to say. Thanks. Thank you, Andy. Thank you.